Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from Talk Sport. Game day, your verdict. The Premier League is back, and as ever, it delivered some great entertainment on game day with Talk Sport. Everton were beaten by Brighton in stoppage time. Man City kept the pressure on Liverpool with a comfortable 3-0 win over Aston Villa and Chelsea hit Burnley for four. You've had your say on TalkSport and TalkSport 2 and here's the best of your thoughts from the full-time phone-in with Adrian Durham and Alvin Martin and your verdict with me, Lindsay Hipgrave and Darren Bent. This is the Game Day Your Verdict podcast. Right, let's get straight into it and head over to the Amex with Alex Crook. Oh my word, Brighton 3, Everton 2, Brighton surely have won it in the fourth minute of added time. A terrific move down the left-hand side. Dan Byrne rolled the ball forward to Leandro Trossard, looked up. He was trying to pick out Neil Mopay inside the area, but Luca Digna from four yards out has hacked his clearance beyond Jordan Pickford and into the back of the net. 15 minutes ago, Everton thought they were going to win this game. They're going to lose it now, surely. Marco Silva, sodden and downtrodden. It is Brighton 3, Everton 2. Marco, one of the criticisms of the technology is that the reluctance from VAR to overturn the referee's decisions on penalties. Do you think because there's been so much publicity about that, maybe you paid the price today? They wanted to prove a point. No, because if they have to prove something, they have to prove 15 minutes before. No. Um, because the v, um, I think they don't change the VR each 10 minutes a game. The VR is the same since the kickoff until the end of the match. No, if they have to prove, why they didn't prove that in the on the Richard situation? Because they have to prove it's penalty there. If they have to see in the same way, they have to to look for that moment. Ten games into the season now, clearly you're not in the position that you would have wanted to be at this yeah. stage. Do you feel under pressure? Personally, I'm not, I'm not feel happy with the with the result to achieve something. Just that, okay. Let's speak to Ellis, who's an Everton fan. What are you thinking, Ellis? It's another away defeat for Everton. To be fair, I watched it and I actually thought we did all right. I thought it was a decent game. Played sloppy in the first first half first half hour, but then when we when we settled down a bit, we started playing some football. I thought we had Brighton on the back foot. And when we went two one up, I thought we were controlling it. And then that VAR decision. I don't know what you two think, but for me, I, I can't understand why and how that's been given. If that's, if that's been given now, we're going to see at least another 15 penalties next weekend in the Premier League. Well, there's a, an interesting uh, point that's been raised. Let me read this to you. 
Ellis. Um, our reporter, we're going to speak to him uh, later in the show, Alex Crook, was at uh, Brighton 3, Everton 2 today. He's just tweeted, Everton defender Mason Holgate chuntering to himself about the penalty given by VAR as he left the changing room. Says if you have to look at a decision four or five times, it's not a clear and obvious error. Ellis, it's hard to disagree with that, isn't it? Exactly like you said. I mean, the professional football, Michael Keane's got his, got his eyes on the ball. He's not looking at the striker in any way. He's stepped to the side. All right, he's stood on his foot, if you like. But what, this is football. It's a contact sport. Look, I don't think, I honestly don't think, Adrian, if there's a weakness in, in the, the refereeing fraternity in the Premier League, I still don't believe that, that that's where they, they, their strength is, knowing what is and isn't a penalty. I really don't. And, and the, I, and the, I think referee, that, the referee didn't even look at it. The referee walked away from it and gives give the goal kick. Yeah. But, but it's referees who are making the decision. They, they, they might be not making the decision on the pitch, but they're making them from a studio. That today was cut. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not excusing the defending for the third goal or anything like that, but that, that, that was the changing point in that last, in that second half for me. I thought Everton was controlling the game after they went 2-1 up. And I, I thought we, we could have seen it out if not gone on to get the third. Uh, Ellis, Ellis, do you think do you think there's a possibility here that as well that, that maybe the, the, the VAR... Um, incidents are being used as an excuse because look you're an Everton supporter you know how good your team is your team's a lot better than the league position is is is, is VAR overshadowing a performance of a team today in Everton well no because this is what I was going to say then the third goal you should be defending and leading like do you know what I mean like the first goal to me Pickford should be doing better now Pickford's a good keeper but at the end of the day the mistakes that Everton are making we don't deserve to be higher up the higher up the table. The mistakes are, are ridiculous, but I do not blame Michael Silver for that because today we we deserved it three points personally, if not only a point coming away um, with a point. But that that's not Michael Silver's fault. Last week you saw an Everton team absolutely wipe the floor with West Ham. Yeah, um, and it shouldn't have been two 0 I mean, I'm a season ticket holder, and it, it it should have been at least four or five last week. It was the most one-sided game I've seen in, in ages. Yeah, but that's now, one game. Ellis, that's one game. You've got you've got to be winning games consistently to break into a top six with the investment that Everton have made. Massive not, investment. We're not a top six team. We're not a top six Well, why aren't you? Team. Why aren't you? With the money that you've spent over the last two years, why are you not a top six team? Because there's six teams in the division that's better than us, if not seven with Leicester. Yeah, OK, but why aren't, Why can't, this is the question Alvin's asking really, let, let, let's put it in simpler terms, why can't Everton be doing what Leicester are doing now? It's taken Brendan Rodgers a matter of months to get Leicester kind of, they're kind of vying with Man City for any slip-up from Man City and Leicester will, will make second place their own. That, that's well, where they are. You can't even rule them out of a title race for heaven's sake and he's done that in a matter of months. So shouldn't Marco, be, Marco Silva be doing that? Well, I don't know if it's Marco Silva or if it's the mentality of the club or whatever, but... At the, at the end of the day, the results aren't coming in. And everybody's saying that we're screaming for a trophy. To be fair, if we finish mid-table this season and get a League Cup win, would fans be happy? I mean, personally, I'm only 20, 23, but I've never seen us win a trophy. I'd be happy with a top-10 finish and a League Cup win, 100%. Well, Matt is an Everton fan and he's livid, aren't you, Matt? The statements of the year. Um, good evening, guys, by the way. Hi, Matt. Wonderful show and thank you for being on. Uh, Darren, it's an absolute pleasure to hear somebody who actually knows the game make, make the comments that you've made because to say I'm furious, like I said before, is the understatement of the year and it's not just happened this week. Under no circumstance, and I've, I didn't go to the game th- this week because it was away, but I am a season ticket holder and I was there last week 
and there was a perfectly good goal by Yeri Mina. Oh, I said this last week. I said this last week. He got up and there was absolutely nothing wrong with it. When the ref blew his whistle, where we were, because it was the opposite end to us, I was in the park, uh, in the uh, park end. And when the ref blew his whistle, we honestly thought he'd awarded a penalty for us because they were pulling on Yeri Mina's shirt. Yeah. And we thought, great, we've got a penalty. Next thing you know, it's been chalked off. And we're like, what's going on here? And then today, it was a similar sort of thing, but the other way around, because Richarlison had had exactly the same similar tackle made on him early on in the second half, and it wasn't awarded. And yet, you know, they're being told they'll never turn over the referee's decision. Well, Well, as far as I'm concerned, there's not an issue with the VAR itself. You know, they took it in the World Cup and, and it worked. You know, 90, I think it was something over 95% of the time. It actually worked. So you're not going to get every decision right. But if you're not sure, go to the screen and have a look. That's, that's my biggest issue. And then when we bring it into the Premier League, which is supposed to be, you know, well, it is financially the biggest league in the world. They make an absolute nonsensical debacle of, of, of a system that is... is if you look at it at basis, it's actually flawless. It's just the people that are using it, they're just making a mockery of it. I'm not going to paper over the fact that, that we are in trouble. Um, and I personally do think that Marco Silva is going to be gone with, within a month. But that's not why I'm calling up. I'm calling up because I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of talking after every single game about VAR and specifically the way it's gone against us in the last couple of weeks. I'm going to say something that's probably going to be hugely controversial, guys. Go on. I think Jordan Pickford is the most you know overrated you know keeper in the, I knew, in the I knew, league. I knew it was coming. Because I, I, I was just looking at the first goal today. T- tell us why, Matt. You're, you're not the first person to have said that. It's controversial, he, isn't it? Oh, be. it goes back to, for me, uh, the, the ultimate calamity and it was it was a comical calamity last year was when he collided he came out for a ball and he had no reason to come out for a ball against your old team down in Tottenham and and Kurt Zuman had it covered I mean we're talking 25 yards from the goal he had it covered and Jordan Pickford comes charging out on his line collides with Kurt Zuma next thing you know uh, Son's gone in and put the ball in the back of the net. Now, now my issue with Jordan Pickford is, as a shot stopper or as somebody who's stood there in front of a penalty taker, he's amongst the best in the league. But when it comes to switching on and concentrating... Concentration, and flaps, yeah. yeah. And, and decision-making. high balls, yeah. He flaps at high balls. He's terrible. For, that's, I, I fundamentally believe that's why there's such a difficulty at Everton with set pieces, because they're so unsure at Jordan Pickford. And I think it, it is beginning to show in the England games, conceding three goals against Kosovo. What's all that about? I don't blame Michael Keane. I, yes, he was at fault for one of the goals, but I really do think the centre-halves that are playing in front of Jordan Pickford are hugely unsettled and massively negative towards the, their belief in, in his ability as somebody who can command a box. I think when you see the goal today as well, the first one, the free kick, you're going to, you're going to be echoing what you're it's, saying there because it's straight down the middle and he kind of... I don't it's know a what, really nice free kick, but he's he got to save do it. better. Yeah, yeah. he's going straight through his hands. I don't quite understand what he's doing there. I mean, I'm a big fan of Jordan Pickford. I do think he's a good goalkeeper. Do you think he's the best England have got? I think probably right now, yeah. I think I'd say he's probably the most consistent. We've seen, a, we've seen. I don't think we've had a, a stable England goalkeeper number one for a while. I mean, probably Joe Hart maybe is the last one. But as I said today, with that with that goal, the first free kick for Jordan Pickford. I think when he sees that back as well, he's going to be disappointed with it. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. 
feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Man City live on Talk Sport earlier. This was the lunchtime game. Uh, they went three points behind Liverpool. They beat Aston Villa by three goals to nil. Sterling, De Bruyne and Gundogan with the goals. In fact, I think David Silva has uh, now been credited with the uh, the goal that originally went to De Bruyne. Fernandinho, two yellows, was later sent off. And after the game, Pep Guardiola spoke about VAR with Talk Sport's Jason Bourne. Dean Smith not particularly happy with the manner of the second goal, the VAR. What was your viewpoint on it? I don't know. So, ask. In this question, I, so why you have to answer all the time about VAR? So as to the referees, as to the bosses of the VAR. So always you have to give an opinion about the system. So as to the, the players, who take, the, the guys who take a decision, we are here to talk about the, the game, not for this kind of situations. So all the managers, every time, VAR, VAR. As to the bosses who create that system, it works and work. No, don't do it to me, please. So I'm tired at every conference, you know, and I talk about the VAR. That's really interesting, Alvin. I actually quite like that answer uh, because he just he's a football man and he wants to talk about the football. Let's speak to uh, a Villa fan. Vernon uh, is uh, with us on the show. Wasn't out of the game, but has seen it. Vernon, you want to talk about VAR? What do you want to say? Yeah, so, I mean, I think the most important thing with VR is ruining the football fans' experience at games. I'll give you two instances. One against Burnley. I celebrated like a lunatic for the first goal, as I usually do. Um, and it wasn't a goal. And I did exactly the same last week. So the second goal, when it came along, I stopped celebrating. Adrian, I'm a real passionate Villa fan. Cut me in half. I've got claret and blue veins there. Um, and I want to enjoy football. And I personally believe that referees are becoming worse referees because of VAR, because they're not making any decisions. Uh, you also have a situation where I think the people that are operating VAR, they don't know how to operate it. Because VAR in principle in other sports works perfectly well. Football, it's not working at all. Have we got to give it longer, though, Vernon? You know, this is look. It's still in the infancy. I know. I know that Alvin. It's been around for a few years. Yeah, no, but uh, it's been brought in. It's been brought in this season, I think, into the Premier League, and that's that's the real. Is it going to work? Isn't it going to work? And look, 
it's it's high pressure. We we went up to to Stockley Park and we we looked how it's going to work and how they perceived it as working, Adrian. I think that it's not until you actually do it in the Premier League that you find out where you need to improve and the pressure that these guys are under. It does at this moment in time. I thought it was going to be a lot easier. I thought it was going to be more impressive than what it has been up to now. I've got to admit that. Guys, the reality of it is all we want as football fans is the correct big decisions. Okay, that's all we want. Yeah, we just, for me, I would have decisions in the penalty areas and sending off. That's it. Everything outside between A and B, I'm not really interested in, to be fair, because at the end of the day, I want to go to Villa Park, win, lose or draw. I want to enjoy the experience. It's very expensive. I want to take my son there. I want to have a great day. I want to talk about the good old days. I want to talk about Dean Smith bringing Villa back to where we used to be as a club, which he's doing very successfully. And I believe he'll continue to do so given time. But we are work in progress. And clubs like Aston Villa do not need VAR against us because that's how we feel. There's 42,000 at Villa Park most weeks now, or 41 and a bit thousand. And if you asked every single fan, whether we, regardless of the results, we would rather VAR not be in existence. Because at the moment, whatever the reason is, it's probably human error, it's not working. Just very quickly, you know, Vernon, on, on, that, on that goal today that, um, that was looked at, and it seemed to me to take forever, I might, that might have been in, in my head. Don't they but... always take forever, Adrian? I mean, it just seems to take... An, but there were too many, the, the reason why it took a long time, that one, was because there were too many incidents for it to look at for the comfort of the fans. Now, you look at other sports and it, it does work, and I'm just going to talk about an example from this morning's uh, World Cup semi-final that England won that actually kind of gives the lie to that. But there's natural breaks in those games that where Agreed. you can look at it and you look at it as it's going on and they show it on the big screen and the referee all of a sudden sees... I mean, how he didn't spot the, the Welsh guy being uh, elbowed last week, I have no idea. It was right in front of him. But when they showed it on the big screen... Obviously, they had to give the French player a red card, but I don't Great. think it works perfectly in, in those circumstances. I don't think it works perfectly in all other sports. So I think that's a little bit of a myth. But it just, football is a well, fast-moving game, isn't it? it? And it, it took too long better, today. Adrian. It works better in other sports. Let's just put it that way, then. Nothing in life is perfect. Personally, I didn't have an issue with VAR being introduced if it raised standards. You know, you guys took broadcasting to another level at TalkSport. You raised the bar. VAR was meant to raise the bar. And the facts are today, it hasn't. Whether that's human error or not, I don't know. But until it's perfected, it should be removed forthwith. Because it's not, you know, and that's, listen, I'm delighted the start that Aston Villa have made. But VAR has cost us possibly six points, you know, over the season. So, And that's a lot for a new championship, you know, for a championship team to come to the Premiership hoping to stay in the Premiership, it's cost us a lot of points. But you know what? I'd, I'd rather it be removed and win, lose or draw. I'd rather be enjoying football because at the moment, the whole experience is being shattered. I don't want to not celebrate. We don't mm. score that many goals at Villa Park. I want to enjoy when we do, you know? Yeah, it's, I hear what you're saying. Vernon, thanks experience. for the call. It's a passionate plea from a football fan. Just very quickly on that incident in the uh, Rugby World Cup semi-final, Ben Youngs uh, threw an amazing dummy and went over for a try that would have sealed it beyond any doubt for uh, England. In the end, they won. It didn't matter. But at that time, everybody was uh, leaping around and celebrating and they thought it was a try. And it took a long time 
for them to... I mean, they were basically trying to find a reason to disallow the try. I thought it was an absolute disgrace. And I've seen a lot of that in football. It's almost like they're trying, Alvin, to find a reason to disallow a goal. Going back and looking for the slightest thing, you know. That, yeah. that for me, is not what it was meant to be about. No, it's, uh, look, it, it, this is where it, it is difficult, Dave. I mean, the, the Liverpool-Man United game, do you remember there was a, there was a foul in the build-up to uh, the Man United goal? It, um, and and yep. do you take it back there where that, that played a part in Man United um, scoring a goal, but they had to travel 40, 50 yards to score the goal. So where do you stop? And I understand the, the dilemma for them in that respect, but uh, I, I, don't, I just wonder, at the end of this season, if you said to every Premier League manager, right, you all vote. Do you want it to stay in or not? Because you'll have been on the right end, the right side of the decisions, and on the wrong side of the decisions. I wonder what they'd say. Game day. Your verdict on Talk Sport. There goes the full-time whistle, and Chelsea make it seven wins in a row. Fantastic performance from Frank Lampard's men. After the win in Ajax in the week, we wondered whether he would make changes. Well, he did make one change, and what a significant one it was. Christian Pulisic in the starting lineup scores a hat trick and a perfect hat trick. A left footed finish, a right footed finish in the first half, and then a header early in the second half. William then made it 4 0 for Chelsea with a low drive. Burnley were not to be outdone. They got two goals back, a cracker from Jay Rodriguez from distance. And then Dwight McNeil with a deflected effort, putting some respectability on the scoreline. But for the Chelsea fans away to our right, real enjoyment. It's such good football that they're watching from Chelsea. And they're picking up points home and away. How much of a threat are they to the top four? A serious threat, you would say. Full-time score at Turf Moor here on game day. It's Burnley 2. Chelsea four. Frank, many congratulations. Uh, yet another way. I think that's seven in a row in all competitions. Mm. And the one change you made, what a change. Yeah, um, congrats to Christian because he's the man who does it and playing a performance absolutely match winning. Um, ruthless in his finishing and, and directness. And, uh, you know, a lot, there's been a lot of talk about Christian, a lot of questions. He answered a lot of them today, but I think we should get to the, to the facts of things now. And it's the fact that he signed on a big, um, big transfer. Uh, went and spent a lot of the summer playing for his country in, com- in competition. Had one week off, um, and everyone's expecting, him, well, you know, this is, he's going to hit the ground running. I, I have a duty of care to, to look after him and try and get the best out of him. He's shown glimpses already, shown parts. I've got competition in those areas, but wow, did he show tonight? So that's the, uh, that's the he set a high standard now, and hopefully he can carry on in that way. I'm annoyed, I'm sure about not being able to keep a clean sheet again, though, right? Yes, and yes. Because I always would be, but I would be much more annoyed on, on, on a norm, another game. But I don't feel it today because of the 95% of the game that we dominated and played great football in. I don't want that to taint the players' minds. A few of them are upset in the dressing room and it shouldn't be um, because one was a, a great finish, one's a deflection. It's a little bit sloppy from us, yes, but it shouldn't take away anything from the way that we played today. It was, was fantastic. It wasn't a 4-2 game. It was much more comfortable than anyone here would know that. Our late commentary this evening, Chelsea's 4-2 win over Burnley at Turf Moor. It's the fourth successive Premier League win for Frank Lampard's side, following on from that impressive win over Ajax in the Champions League in midweek. And we've got Matt on the line, a Chelsea fan now. Hello, Matt. Hi, guys. Hope you're well. Absolutely delighted, especially pleased for Christian Pulis. You know, he's come under a lot of pressure recently, especially given the expensive price tag. So it's really nice of him to come in. You know, he's got his hat trick. And that's kind of like the monkey off his back now. Yeah. 
So I think it's a really big moment for him. Do you know what? I, I saw signs, I think it was in the, um, was it the Super Cup against Liverpool? He showed signs that he, he's a top player. I mean, he played really well in that game and you thought, right, can he kick on? And he kind of, he let it slip a little bit after that. But then you saw in the week this week um, against Ajax, I mean, he, the, the performance was brilliant. But today, I thought we saw him at, at the very, very top and, and the maximum of what he, he can be. And as yeah. I said, if you can have him firing, William firing, obviously Pedro's got to come back, cut, cuts on the door as well. I think, as I said, Chelsea is really exciting, especially going forward. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to point things at the two, go- two goals they conceded, but I wouldn't really say that was bad defending. I mean, the first one's a wonder goal. So I wouldn't say that they've let it slip, but so if someone hits one from 35 yards, there's not really a lot you can do. And the second one takes a deflection. But as far as being, as I said, a Chelsea fan earlier, I mean, it's so exciting for them. They're all young. They're all hungry. They're all, they all believe in what Frank's saying, which is the big thing, because you know what it's like down there. They've had previous managers where the, the players can just switch off. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they can go from a top, top side to a, a, a kind of mid-table side. But now they're all pulling in the same direction as the manager. And as I said, it's really nice to see. Let's bring Jason in now. Hi, Jason. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> how, how much hey, are you... <laughs> Very good. How much are you enjoying being a Chelsea fan right now? Uh, it's been brilliant. I've, I've got back from uh, Amsterdam late Friday night to get to the game away to Burnley on the Saturday. So it's been a, you know, it's been a good uh, transition, as you call it, like you know. But uh, no, that's it. We'll take every game as it comes, and uh, we'll follow him. We'll follow Lampard wherever we go. <laughs> and. After that Ajax win, Frank Lampard said he really wanted that performance to be the blueprint for, for Chelsea going forward. What You were there. What was it about the way that they handled that match that night that you know that set the standard for Frank? I don't know. I just... I think that the youngsters are growing yeah. quicker than we thought they would. 100%. Um, yeah, I agree with that, yep. And I think Kurt Zuma... Kurt Zuma was man of the match in that game for me. Um, he's had a lot of stick this season. He's obviously had a good season with Everton uh, last season. Um, he's come into the team. He, he's got a bit of slack, but I think he's really grown into his own. And uh, I think, you know, with the youngsters as well, with the experienced players, Willian has switched on as well this season. Um, Pedro's due to come in as well. And I, I, you know, I really think we're going to... I think we're going to really give it a good go. I think we're going to finish top four. Uh, uh, I think that you know, let's see how good we can do in the Champions League, do good in the domestic cups, and I think we're going to do well. I think so as well. I mean, I think with, with the experienced players that you said about there, I think they've been pushed by the youngsters, and I think that's why they've had to step up because they've got a, now got a manager that doesn't care about reputation, doesn't care about what your name is. It's about performances on the pitch, and I think in previous times there might have been players that ain't playing up to the level, but because of obviously the reputation they had, that they was always going to get p- picked. It was ahead a bit of, too comfortable for exactly. Them. Whereas now. No, I, no. Darren, I, I, I totally agree with you, mate. The amount of times we've won the, we've won a Premier League title and then slipped off the next season after because, do you know what I mean? Things ain't exactly right. But with Lampard at the helm, you know, he knows what Chelsea's all about. And, you know, I think, you know, name, names don't matter in the team. Hazard's gone now. And I, I, I could go as far as to say, I don't think Chelsea would be in any different sort of situation in any different position with Hazard there, or with Hazard, you know, with, mm. with him not being there. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I could do, yeah. Do you think Pulisic's good enough to, to be Hazard's replacement from what you're starting to see now, and certainly from what he, he delivered out there today? There's no replacement for Hazard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, was hoping you was, I was hoping you was going to say that. <laughs> in, in the future, though, looking at his age and the potential that's there. But there's, 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 there's potential for difference. You know, there's, he's going to be a different sort of player. Do you know what I mean? And Hudson Adoy is going to come in. And I think we've got a lot of potential, you know, and we've got a lot of goals in this team now. You know, Mason Mates helping in with the goals. 
Pulisic has got a hat-trick today. Hudson Adoy is going to bang goals. We've got Loftus-Cheek to come in. He was a box-to-box sort of midfielder who was going to help with the goals. I think there's goals in the team that are going to push us to the top four. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. West Brom uh, would have been buoyed by the fact that Leeds dropped points and Sheffield Wednesday dropped points in the early game. Sheffield Wednesday nil, Leeds nil. It ended up uh, an amazing game that Alvin watched at the Hawthorns today. West Brom 2, Charlton 2. West Brom ended up with 10 men. It was a late controversial penalty for Charlton that got the equaliser. Slavin will, will will be pleased to a certain degree that, you know, although we had a man sent off, they, they still went in with a chance of winning the game. But there wasn't too much in it, Adrian. Honestly, you look at where West Brom are and where Charlton are in the league, if you looked at both of these teams, they were well matched. Uh, still two points clear at the top of the table. Let's hear from uh, Neil. He's a West Bromwich Albion fan. Uh, he's uh, rung in. Neil, what do you want to say about the game today? Um, yeah, I'm just uh, what a shocking referee performance. I mean, that penalty at the end, every gives that penalty, I'll never know, right in front of us. Uh, it was literally a coming together of two players. It was a handball from a, from a Charlton player. It just looked like the referee could not wait to point to the spot. But it took his time, you know, he didn't, he just pointed straight to the spot. It's an absolute disgrace. And I believe it's his first game refereeing um, in the, champ- at the championship level. What a shocker. What an absolute shocker. I think he let the, the uh, occasion get to him. That's what I think, Neil. It was uh, Matthew Donahue who was the, the, the referee. And for the... The, I'll tell you what, in the first five minutes, Adrian, uh, Jake Livermore went into a challenge on, on, on the right right wing here, didn't get the ball and t- brought the, uh, the Charlton player down. I thought, oh, you know, OK, fair enough. But he got he got booked. Now, the the one that he, he sent Ferguson off for was exactly the same challenge. And I, I can't differentiate between the two, but he's seen one as a yellow and one as a red. Um, look, but if he hadn't have taken any action, if he had got two yellows out... I don't think anyone would have moaned. Nobody would have made any comments. But he got a red out, and he got the red out for the wrong player. I think he showed it to Dean Garner. Uh, then there was a furore down in the dugout below us. It was pushing and shoving. The, the players were getting agitated. And at the end, Adrian, there was nearly uh, you know, a real incident because both sets of players were frustrated and angry, and that was all down to one man. Neil, Neil, you were, I mean, I, I was yeah. listening to to the crowd and you're all singing, yeah. you, you don't know what you're doing to the I referee. Think, yeah, I mean, I've got to say as well, in the, what um, Alvin's saying is correct. It weren't any, it weren't any between the players. Where, 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 where I sit in the corner, right next to the top, it was also between the players. You know, I mean, the referee, it was that bad. You know, it, 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 was, it, was, you know, it was a boiling point with the fans and everything. I, I just thought it was an absolute performance and when you see it like one you'll tell you understand what I'm saying game day the biggest football league in the world game day your verdict on talk sport the Premier League all access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes the latest odds we set them form guides we've got them expert opinions we share them the best fans in the world deserve the best be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes Odds updates on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply.